0: god i thank you that when we are broken that when we go through issues that break us and things that we think how am i ever going to survive this that you create something out of it that is beautiful and that is holy god i thank you and i praise you because you are the one who mends. you are the one who puts back together god you are the creator of all good things and god i just ask now that you would have your will in your way in this place god that you would that you would work and move in our lives. God, I know that there is no one who is here by accident, but we are all here because we are called here by you. God, there is something that you want to show us, something that you want to teach us, some way that you want to work in our lives today. I believe that, God, and I I just trust that you are going to speak to every single heart. God, I pray that we would not leave here like we came. In Jesus' precious name, Lord, that we would be changed according to your will. God, speak to us through your word, through worship, through prayer, whatever it may be. Be. God, speak to our hearts today. Help us to honor you and to please you in all that we say and do. God, we thank you. We praise you. We lift you up. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Just, it's okay. Say it. Yes. Aux one for, for out here, for everybody else. Mix one. Yes. Hey, that's all right. Yes. Amen. Okay. Hey, Praise the Lord. Some things act goofy. That's okay. Thank you, Lord, for being with us in our goofiness. (laughs) Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Nothing happening. Okay. Is it nothing happening at all? Okay. All right. Dad, help us out. All right. All right. Uh, hit us to see.
1: Yeah.
0: That's, it. hey, whatever.
1: Hit us to see. Yeah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord, Most High blessed be the name of the lord blessed be the name of the lord blessed be the name of the lord most high cause the name of the lord is a strong tower the righteous run into it And they are safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord most high blessed be the name of the lord blessed be the name of the lord blessed be the name of the lord most high cause the name of my lord is a strong tower the righteous run into it and they are safe the name of my lord is a strong tower the righteous run into it and they are safe say one more time blessed be the name of the lord blessed be the name of the lord blessed be the name of the lord most high blessed be the name of the lord Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord, most high. Cause the name of my Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are saved. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. So, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Most High. Blessed, be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Most High. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Sorry, the righteous run into it, and they are safe, the name of my Lord is a strong tower, the righteous run into it, and they are safe. Look what the Lord has done Look what the Lord has done He healed my body, He touched my mind He saved me just in time Oh, I'm gonna praise His name Each day is just the same Come on and praise Him. Look what the Lord has done. Come and look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind he saved me just in time oh, i'm gonna praise his name each day is just the same come on and praise him look what the lord has done won't you look what the lord has done look what the lord has done he healed my body he touched my mind he saved me just in time oh, i'm gonna praise his name each day is just the same come on and praise him look what the lord has done Come and look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Oh, he healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise his name. Each day is just the same. Come on and praise Him. Look what the Lord has done. Oh, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise His name. Each day is just the same. Come on and praise Him. Look what the Lord has done. See. To me, He is so wonderful to me, he is so wonderful. Oh, to me, he is so wonderful. how I love Jesus. Oh, how I I'll never forsake him. No, I Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. I don't tell him enough. praise. Give him praise this morning.
0: Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.
2: I know that uh, our pastor will really enjoy this, but I know she's got other things to look after right now. But, but uh, I'm looking for a scripture, and I'm typing in some of these words into uh, the uh, what is it? Word, uh, word, the sword, word, sword. It's scripture on the internet, and uh, I'm typing stuff in there and hitting the button, and zero scripture. What? I know it's in there. And then I type it a different way in zero scripture. What? Wait a minute. It's in there. I know it is. I've quoted that many times. And then all of a sudden it hit me. Brother Joyner, you're thinking about the uh, declaration of faith of the church of God. Sister Dean, here I am. Here I am in my mind. And that repentance is commanded of God. For all, and it's necessary for, for the forgiveness of sin. And I'm looking at that verse, and it's in our declaration of faith. Well, praise God! <laughs> I knew it was in there. Amen. <laughs> like someone had said one time, "Cleanliness is next to godliness." That's not in the scripture. What? What? Yes, it is. And uh, argued the old lady, and no, it's not. And so. Uh, so uh, the younger person turned to the back of the Bible where it showed a page, popular sayings that are not in the Bible. She said, where would you find that? Right here in the Bible. I told you it was in the Bible. Praise God. Amen. Hallowed. So some of the things we quote may not be Scripture necessarily, but uh, you need to learn, memorize, keep these things before you, and there they are. You may need them one day because God said in His Word, and this is in there, that He would bring these things back to your remembrance. But, Sister Powell, He will not be able to bring back to my remembrance if I haven't memorized it, if I don't know it. He won't. How can He bring it back to my remembrance? Amen. But I thank God for salvation, I thank God for sanctification baptizing in the Holy Ghost. I thank God for healing. Has anybody ever experienced healing? Just raise your hand. God has healed you at one point. Whew. Boy, isn't it good? Woo! Hallelujah! It's good. And I thank Him for that. I thank Him for His love this morning and how that He has kept me. And somebody else that might brag on the Lord Jesus Christ this morning for His goodness. Are you here? Yes, sister. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Lord will be with you. Amen. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Somebody else brag on the Lord Jesus this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. the spirit says that's right in fact there's times whenever it may not necessarily be the spirit you're just talking to somebody because uh, difficulties and troubles a 25 year old young man did just a few days ago I was speaking to him about this was happening and that was not clear and this was not good and and I said but I tell you something else with all this that may not be happening correctly With all this that might be failing, with all this that's going on, I said, there's only one thing that I can tell you that is guaranteed. And I said, that is Jesus is coming. Boy, he looked back at me in the strangest way. He said, I needed that. I needed that. Well, the Bible teaches us, Kim, if you'll rehearse it, and if I'll rehearse it and remember it, the last verse of the Scripture... 1 Thessalonians 4. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. Do You believe it? Hallelujah. You believe he could come today? Hallelujah. Yes, he could come today. I remember that question being asked about 45 years ago at a church service. How many believes or how many think? The Lord to come tonight. Well, you know, you're a little caught off guard and you're a little shy and you think that Jesus is coming tonight? Well, then was quoted the scripture in such an hour, as you think not, the Son of Man coming. Oh, let us praise the Lord together and love Him and exalt His name. How great, how great is our God. Amen. Good morning, and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. It's good to have all of you with us this morning. It's time to receive our tithing and offering for our who will come at this time. Thank you for all that you do. God's blessing the church, and I sure am thankful for faithful people who give in the offerings. I really do appreciate it. Brother Joyner, will you bless?
3: It's good good to be here this morning and not at work. It's good to see all of you. (laughs) Um, It's now time to receive prayer requests this morning. Sister Judy. Sister Judy's grandson Marcus. Pray for a miracle in his in his life. Sister Kim. Yes. Let's pray for Kim's friend Hannah. Join pray for you lisa that she gets feeling better let's pray for um sister hager that she gets feeling better and her boys she always yes. prays for her boys and colton sister robin roman let's pray for her. robin's grandson heal the ear infection amanda Two families, men, uh, spoke of uh, healing in their bodies. If that's it, unspoken requests, raise hands, stand with me as we take these to the Lord. And I forgot, uh, Gigi and Pop Pop, as they travel and they're far away in this beautiful weather, we pray that they're safe and we pray that they make it home safe and we love them. And uh, now it's time to fellowship.
0: dad said to reassure y'all that was not too bad it was not too bad we got i mean hey instant in season and out of season we're just being biblical right now that's what we're doing we're just uh we're obeying the lord so yeah when you're ready all the time you'll be ready at the right time all all these things apply and so we're (laughs) it's working now it was it it was not working on the live stream and then it did and then it stopped working for us. And so that's, you know what, technology is just one of those things. And I am no expert, I just pushed a few buttons that I'd seen pushed before, and I'm like, alright, let's see. Let's see what happens here. The worst that could happen is it stops working. Oh wait, it wasn't, so no big deal. So, we're good, we're good. So last week, we began talking about the hold-ups in our spiritual lives. So that's our, our series just for this month. And last week we said that the enemy is sometimes a holdup. We we went to Daniel. For those who didn't hear, <laughs> you need to listen. Just saying, it was good. <laughs> that was my opinion. <coughs> yeah. We <laughs> we learned again that the sometimes the holdup is the enemy. And a few questions we received to help us overcome: Are you shaking or are you seeking? that sometimes we get those those holy goosebumps and we feel good enough to move on but but really and truly we've got to seek after where god is taking us are you willing to get ugly to really and truly break down before the lord and say god here i am break me <laughs> and how is your posture that we receive when we fall down on our face before the Lord. So today we examine another possible hold-up in our spiritual lives, me, myself, and I. Oh, my. Mm. Hold-up myself. How can I be the hold-up? I mean, is it me? Am I the issue? <laughs> you know, if I'm praying, if I'm if I'm the one praying, seeking calling out to God am I not the one that's helping and instead of hindering how can I be the issue <clears throat> well in Luke chapter 13 within this chapter this entire chapter we see the themes of repentance healing and the kingdom of God and here we look at something that Jesus said to a follower we don't know who it was but as he was walking along. We're going to start in verse 22. It says, And he went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. He was on his way toward Jerusalem because he he knew that he was going to go there to, to die, to be tried before Pilate, and then he would have to die. Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. We're not going to, that's not the end of what we're going to read, but for now. He says, who and how many will be saved? This guy comes up to a person, we don't know, it could be, who knows who it was someone comes up to jesus and said how many will be saved just a few now this is possibly a question to find out which rabbinical camp jesus was in because the rabbis at that time they had different they had different types of teaching and some of the rabbis said well israel is god's chosen people therefore all of israel will be saved if you are an Israelite, you will be saved for sure. But then there were some in other camps of rabbis that said, no, we, we don't believe that all of Israel will be saved. There are certain things that you have to do in order to be saved. So it's possible that they were asking this to find out, okay, who does Jesus listen to? <laughs> Perhaps it was a question to trap him to speak against the law somehow. To say, well, only those who follow such and such a law will be saved, or only those who do this, or everybody regardless will be saved. Or it could just be that this person wanted Jesus' opinion. We don't know. But he says to them, striving, not seeking, is what matters. Jesus told this person, strive to enter in strive to enter in this word strive means to contend to struggle with difficulties and dangers strenuous zealous it's only used seven times in the New Testament and mostly by Paul it's the word from which we get the word agony So Jesus says, it's agony to try to get in. Oh my. He says, the gate is straight, meaning a narrow passage. The idea here is strict. So a straight, like being being in between two things. a a small path in between two rocks or a small stream in between two bodies of land the word here is not straight as in not bent it is straight as in a tight space so Jesus is saying it's a narrow passage those who want to enter into the kingdom of God it's a narrow passage we hear him say this in the sermon on the mount he says the way is (laughs) (laughs) this has nothing to do with anything but it just reminded me of you with the hoagies so there's this place in Mooresville called heavenly hoagies we've never been there but but he said oh heavenly hoagies i bet it's delicious i bet it's i mean if you put heavenly on something it's got to be good but i bet we, no, he said, <coughs> if I had a place called Heavenly Hoagies, I would make the door really narrow, because the way to get in is, it's a, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He said, and then, my, then beside it, I'd put, I'd put a place like um, Hellish Desserts, and the doors would be really wide. <laughs> okay. I said, okay. Well, I'm glad that you have some biblical knowledge. That's wonderful. That's great. Um. <laughs> sure. So he says that many will seek to enter in. This word seek, he says, many, he says strive to enter in because many will seek to enter in and not be able. Many will seek, this word means to plot, to desire. They're going to want to go to heaven. But they're not going to be able And it's not because, it's not because they don't want to. It's not because, oh, heaven, ah, who cares about heaven? It's because they're not going to want to let go of some of the things that will get them through that narrow gate. Verses 25 through 30. When once the master of the house is risen up and hath shut to the door, And ye begin to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not, whence you are. Then shall ye begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know not, whence you are. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves thrust out. And they shall come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south and shall sit down in the kingdom of God. And behold, there are last which shall be first and there are first which shall be last. So here's some further clarification on this point some think that the two thoughts are connected some think that it was a new parable that jesus was speaking about so he first talks about a narrow gate and then he begins to talk about this house and he had been talking about the kingdom so we can make these connections that the kingdom of god is like this house and and up to a certain point the door is open the door is open people are are coming in you're, you're allowed to freely enter but there will come a time the master God will shut the door see for now grace abounds there is grace there is salvation available to anyone who wants to receive anyone who will come to God and confess as a sinner and receive Jesus as their Lord God is mercifully waiting for sinners to repent. the uh, Peter says, God is not slack concerning his promises. He's speaking about Jesus coming back. You know, God said that Jesus is going to come back soon. And he said... God is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but his long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The reason that Jesus has not come back yet is because God is waiting mercifully. He's saying, please come in. Please enter in. Please repent. I want you to live with me in heaven. I want you to serve me. But there will come a time that the door will close. And he says to those who are listening that when the door is shut, then some people will begin to knock on the door. Notice that. He says, and when he hath shut the door, and ye begin to stand without and to knock on the door. He said, All this time you hadn't cared. I'm not sure I'm not talking to any of y'all. I'm just talking to the people online. All this time you hadn't cared. In your mind you've been like, "I'll serve him later. I'll do right later. I'll I'll live a a fully Christian life later. I'll let him be the Lord and master of my life later." And then when he closes the door, that's when people begin to knock on the door. "Lord, you please let me come in. Be merciful to me. Please let me come in." And they'll say, Lord, Lord. Now this repeating is uh, an indication of of strength, of of crying out. That they're really calling out to him, Lord, Lord. The depth of feeling here. So they have some degree of familiarity with, with God, with Christ, with the church. Because they call out to him, Lord, Lord. And he'll say, I don't know who you are. You never came in. Lord, Lord, we, we know who you are, but I don't know who you are because you never came in. And they'll say, "But, but we ate and we drank in your presence. Notice that. It didn't say, we ate and drank with you. But they had fellowship near him. God, we're familiar with who you are. We, we saw you. We, we heard about you. Lord, Lord. And he said, you, you didn't come down and sit with me. You sat near me. You, you ate and drank in my presence. You, you, were, you were close enough to see what church was about. You were close enough to see what salvation was about. But, but I don't know you. You never sat down at the table and had a relationship with me. It says, but you taught in our streets. Notice, he taught out in the streets. They never invited him into their homes. We saw you out. We heard you. We, we stood at the door of our house, and we listened. We never invited you in. This whole time, it's a choice that they're making. They're the hindrance. They are hindering their spiritual progress because they never invited Jesus in. He says that those who are in iniquity, the unjust, the unrighteous, the violators of God's law, will be removed, and all others will be welcomed. Here, a vivid picture is painted: those who did not accept Christ at the appointed time would be in a place to see all the patriarchs and prophets. He says, "You're going to see. You're going to see into heaven." Now, this isn't. I can dig a little more theologically into this, but here we see Jesus saying, you will see (laughs) Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets. We hear as well when when Lazarus, the poor man, he went into Abraham's bosom and the the rich man went to Hades and he saw, he looked up and he saw, which that would be torture as well to be, in a place of eternal torment and look up and see all those that you loved and to see those who had listened and followed God and say, why didn't I listen? But we see this happening here. He said, you're going to see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourself cast out. And then he says... The last shall be first. The first shall be last. We see this this dichotomy, this this strange idea that, well, if I'm first, I ought to be first. No, not in the kingdom of God. It's an upside-down kingdom. So those who were called on first, those who had the first opportunity, speaking to the Jews, those who had the first opportunity to receive Christ, because he said, I have come to the lost sheep of Israel. That's who I'm going to first. So he came to them, and they didn't receive him. So he said, okay, those who were supposed to be first, they're going to be the last. But those who were the last, those who were from all over, from the north, the south, the east, the west, those who were Gentiles like us, those who, who were Gentiles who had no opportunity, who would have not had the opportunity to receive Christ, who would not have had the opportunity to, to go to heaven without hearing the gospel, but we did. We heard the gospel. He said, those who receive him, they're going to be the ones who go in first. Then we see verses 31 through 35. The same day, there came certain of the Pharisees saying unto him, Get thee out, and depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. So see, not all the Pharisees hated him. Some of them were warning him, wanting to keep him safe. And he said unto them, Go ye and tell that fox. (laughs) Behold, I cast out devils and do cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. Nevertheless, I must walk today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet perish outside of Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent to thee, How often would I have gathered thy children together, as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and ye would not? Behold, your house is left you desolate. And verily I say unto you, ye shall not see me until the time come when ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. So after he had told them all about the kingdom and who would enter and, and how they would receive him. A Pharisee came to him warning him that Herod was seeking his death. And you see, even then, the words of Jesus were unpopular. <laughs> the truth of God's word will never make you popular. If that's what we're looking for. <laughs> It's it's probably not going to happen. There are people who do speak the truth of God's word, and and they have a a good following because they're they're gifted speakers and they have um, great things to say. And, and I'm not I'm not trying to hate on any of them because I listen to a lot of them who have a lot of followers. But there are plenty of people who hate them as well. <laughs> there are plenty of people who. Who don't want to hear what the message is, who don't want to hear and understand what God is truly saying. The truth of God's word will not make us popular. But Jesus had this powerful reply for Herod. He said, Go tell that fox. <laughs> Just love Jesus. Go tell that fox. And in in the in the idea of a of a Jewish mind, this word fox would have indicated that he was cunning and sneaky so Jesus is saying to the ruler of their people you go tell that sneaky somebody you go tell that, that cunning individual <laughs> that I have work to do <laughs> he can seek my death all he wants but I got work to do he said tell him I'm casting out devils hear this implication of breaking bonds breaking chains he said, I'm doing cures. This word is only used, this is a very ancient word. It's only used three times in the New Testament. And it, it means healing, but it's an odd word for, for Luke to have used. He said, I'm doing cures. And on the third day, it'll be complete. Now, they didn't understand that Jesus was speaking of his death and resurrection. He said, on the third day, my work will be completed. And then he says, so he, he gives this reply, and then, he, and then he looks out toward Jerusalem. The city that, that housed the temple, the city that was supposed to be the city of God. And he looks out, and he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Notice the parallel between the sinner saying, Lord, Lord. In their depth of feeling and now the depth of feeling that Jesus is speaking toward Jerusalem and he says Jerusalem, Jerusalem how often I would have and this word would means to desire greatly how often I desire to gather you together how often I wanted to put you under my wings as a hen doth her brood these were the people that he was sent to save. He said, you kill the prophets. You stone those who have been sent to you. Historically, they did not take heed to the words of repentance. They, they were notorious for killing those that God had sent to them. They did the same of Jesus. He said, I desire greatly to gather you under my wings as a hen doth her brood. And think about what a what a hen does for her little baby chicks in preparation for this. I, I did watch some videos of hens and baby chicks. I mean, I don't <laughs> I probably could have gotten the idea within a minute. I watched at least ten minutes of it. It was just so cute. But you see, the hen will will lead her chicks to the place to eat. So she, she feeds them. <laughs> and she leads them. Now that was, I thought that was really neat because the whole time she's just cackling away and they're following behind her. And every once in a while she'll turn around to check and see if they're listening and she's just cackling, cackling. She leads them by the sound of her voice. And Jesus said, this is what I wanted to be to you. I wanted to lead you by the sound of my voice. I wanted you to follow me just based on what I say to you. And he protects them. That that hen, and I watched, again, numerous videos. and <laughs> Dad can tell you how that works. <clears throat> if you get too close to the baby chicks, what happens to you? <laughs> he had an attack from a banny one time. Yes. <laughs> Tore his head up pretty bad and that's what they do i I watched in these in these videos that this this mama hen she took on the roosters that were in the in the yard she took on other hens that were not the mom of her chicks she took on other birds i saw her take on a dog and a cat she was she was fearless regardless of who was attacking, regardless of who was coming against her children, no matter if they were bigger than her or stronger than her or more fierce than her, she went on the attack. And Jesus is saying, that's what I wanted to be to you. I wanted to feed you and provide for you. I wanted to lead you by the sound of my voice. I wanted to protect you so that you would never have to be afraid. But you would not. It's me. I would not. Jesus was extending this offer. And they said, No, thank you. We want to do our own thing. In Psalm 91 and 4, and, and uh she'll put it up we if you want to write it down or if you want to turn it there, that's up to you. But But the parallel here, Psalm 91 and 4, it says, He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. That's what Jesus wanted to be for these people, but they would not. Taylor Swift has this new song, and it says, it's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> it's like, that's perfect. That's perfect for right now. I'm the problem. It's me. I'm the problem. This entire passage is about choices. It's easy to blame the enemy for hindering us. Last week we talked about it. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he is the problem. Because we're trying to pray as much as we can. We are sending up our prayers. We are devoted to the Lord. And he is hindering our prayers. But what if I'm the problem? It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. There are some hard truths in this passage. As I'm writing and studying, I thought, golly, these are hard things to accept. This is tough, Lord. The first hard saying is that the way to heaven is agonizing. Jesus told his listeners that they must strive to enter. The implication of this word, when Paul uses it, is much like an Olympic athlete. He says, when you strive, you got to train yourself. This is not easy. There are things that that person cannot have if they're in training. There are unpleasant activities that that person must engage in to prepare. That person's got to wake up early and start working. That person has to not eat the things they want to. They must give up certain things. They've got to get a certain number of hours of sleep. They have to to, uh, eliminate some types of stress. They have to do all these different things to keep themselves in line to be an Olympic athlete. And as... Jesus is saying this he's saying there are things that you have to do because the way is straight it's a narrow passage in order to make it there will be sins and habits and self indulgence that we are going to have to let go of this is what Jesus said this is not just me saying oh you got to straighten up. Cuz let me tell you there are things that have that I, that I've had in my own life. That the Lord dealt with me. You don't need that. You don't need to do that. Things that I, oh, Lord are you sure? Are you sure? You don't need that. That won't get you through that straight path that won't get you through that narrow gate. You're going to have to let that go. And when the writer of Hebrews talks about laying aside every weight and every sin that easily besets us, he's saying it's agonizing sometimes. See, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we have to be broken in order to be holy. Holy. Sometimes we have to be broken in order to be holy. Sometimes there are things that when God is done with us, they do not fit in our lives anymore. Sometimes there are things that when God is done dealing with us, we understand and we recognize that cannot be a part of my holiness anymore. I I can't do that if I'm going to please God, I cannot do that if I'm going to make it. And it's not pleasant. And you may not look the same anymore. You may not feel the same anymore. You may not even be able to recognize yourself once God's done with you. But that brokenness makes me holy. <laughs> there were things that, and it wasn't that long ago. It was about a year ago in my own life. It wasn't sin, but it was stuff that I was praying for clarity. I was asking God to show me some things. And he he showed me one thing. And he said, this is something that you need to lay aside in order to receive clarity. So, I mean, and I've been, Lord, I've been serving serving God for a long time. (laughs) Almost 30 years. Oh, my golly. But even in my own life, I've been serving God for so long. But even in my own life, there are things that the Holy Spirit brings to me. And says, if you wanna if you wanna keep making it, <laughs> you might need to lay that aside. You might need to put that to the side. You because it's agonizing to make it. The cross is the only thing that fits through the door. Do I wanna surrender? No. <laughs> Not often. No. But I also don't want to be the hindrance in my own life. I don't want to stand before God and say, Lord, Lord, I ate and drank in your presence. And I heard you teaching in the streets. And him say to me, I don't know who you are. Because I never really invited him in. Because I held on to everything else that I wanted. Instead of laying it aside for his purposes. Because I was just seeking kind of wanting to get in, but, but I decided I'm going to hold on to all this stuff and hope I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to squeeze in sideways and hope that I make it. The second hard thing is that the way to hell is a choice. Jesus says that there will be many who have the desire to go to heaven, but they will have no strength to make it. There will be those who, after the door is closed, will bang on the door, Lord, Lord, let us in. The gate and the door were both open. In the beginning of this story, they were both open. Anyone who was willing to lay down sins and hindrances was invited in. Yes, come on in. The, it's, it's a narrow way, but come in. You are welcome. You are invited. Yes, come in. There were those who stood outside saying, Oh, I've had fellowship. I've, I've heard the preaching. I'm good. God loves you. God loves you. He wants you. He invites you to be part of his family. Jesus says, there is, if anyone comes to me, I will in no wise cast him out. There is no one that Jesus will reject when they come to him for repentance. But he gives us the power of choice. Because he wants real love and commitment. Not robots. God will never force you into salvation. He will never force you to give up those things that don't please him. He will never make you stop you know whatever this embezzling or lying or whatever your sin may be god will never force you to stop it because he loves you because he gives you choice this is the beautiful thing about god we wonder why there's, and we hear people say, people who don't read the Bible, people who, oh, well, if, there, if God really loved us, there wouldn't be all this sin in the world. No, this is going to sound crazy, but y'all can write it down, okay? The fact that there is crazy stuff going on in the world, okay, y'all, hold on, hold on. The fact that there is crazy stuff going on in the world is proof that God loves us. Because if he didn't love us, he'd force us to act how he wants us to. He'd make us do. He'd make us be robots. But he gives us this choice, and he says, this is the right choice, but I love you so much that I'm going to let you do what you want to. I want you to come to me. I want you to surrender. I want you to live right. But if you, if you choose to live this way, I love you. Because of that gift of choice, we have to decide whether to live for heaven or for hell. We can't be fooled into thinking that proximity to the church or grandma's religion or simply being a good person is good enough. It's not. I've been in church my whole life, whole life. Even even before coming out into the world, I was in church but that doesn't make me a Christian. I've heard the words of God. I've gone to, I went to a Christian college, I'm in seminary, but that doesn't make me a Christian. I stand up here week after week and I preach God's word to you, but that does not make me a Christian. I could be standing up here, you, you can see this, You know, whatever I put on on the outside. Oh yeah, that looks, oh yeah, Jennifer, of course she's a Christian, of course she loves the Lord. But you don't know my heart. My heart has to be surrendered to the Lordship of Christ. I have to be following His leading in order to be a Christian. The third difficult truth here is that we make the decision to be led, fed, and protected. We make that choice. See, Jesus looked over the people that he loved, those he had been sent to save, those he would die to save. And he said, so many times I've looked at you and I've wanted to gather you. So many times I've looked at you and I've wanted to to hold you under the strength of my protection. So many times I've wanted to feed you with my word. So many times I've wanted to lead you by the sound of my voice. So many times I've wanted to protect you from all the bad stuff. But you would not. I wanted to be your everything. I wanted to meet your needs. But you would not. You made that choice. They made the choice to reject him. When I wander, when I refuse to surrender, when I try to do it myself, Jesus is there with open arms. He is saying, Here I am, I'm waiting for you. Come on in. He is one turn away, but I got to turn. He is following in behind me, he is searching for me, he is looking for me, but I got to turn. I have to be the one to turn around and be faced with Him. He's not going to block my way because he's He loves me and He gives me choice, but He will follow me. <laughs> He'll follow me to the bottom of the pit to rescue me out, but He's never going to force me to do what He wants me to do. So it's me... I am the problem, it's me. When I am far from God, that's a me problem. My reluctance to surrender can sometimes be a holdup to my spiritual life. God is patient. He is patient. He is long suffering to us for He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He will never force me to get better. Last year, when he spoke that into my life, I could have chosen to continue doing what the, you know, the thing <coughs> was that and that he asked me not to. I could have continued that, and again, it, it was not a sin. It was like, oh golly, what's everyone? Really? <sighs> it was a sin, but it was a thing that he asked me to surrender, and I, I had the choice. I had the choice, and he was very kind about it, and he said. This is something that you need to give up for now. I said, okay. I could have continued. He would have still loved me. My choices have a lasting impact on my eternity. Because the way to heaven is agonizing, and the way to hell is a choice. And I make the decision to be led, fed, and protected. I have to understand sometimes it's me. So today, as the music plays, (sighs) if you're the problem, (laughs) if you if you hear from this and you, I mean, maybe you're thinking, "Nah, I'm good," and you may be, you may be perfectly, you know, (laughs) perfectly good. So if, if you're good, no worries. You pray, for the, you pray for the rest of us who are struggling. <laughs> if you're good, then please, as we pray, please pray for the rest of us who haven't surrendered fully to God. But as we pray, just ask you to, um, to allow the Holy Spirit to search you and see places that you need to surrender. Heavenly Father, we come to you giving you thanks giving you praise, lifting you up for your goodness. Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you that you are long-suffering, that you are merciful, that you love us so very much. God, that you constantly call out to us, desiring that we come to you, to be led and fed and protected. God, I thank you that that is part of who you are, that that's what you want for us is to gather us up to keep us warm and sheltered. God, I thank you that you invite us in. Father, I ask you now for each and every person that they would search their hearts, that they would allow the Holy Spirit to come in and and shine a searchlight. God, for those of us who have been Christians for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. Show us those places that we may not be fully surrendered or those places that you may say, hey, how about you give this up? Father, I just ask you now that you would speak into our hearts that if we just let go of this one thing, you'll replace it with something else. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Peace that passes understanding. God, that you will never that you will never ask us to surrender something and then not fill it with you. God, I just I ask you now for those who may not have been serving you for very long and and they're wondering, Lord, what is it that you want me to let go of? And I ask that you would give them the strength to strive after you. God, we understand that serving you can be difficult. It's a process of every day taking up our cross, surrendering ourselves, God, letting go of our own will. We understand that, Heavenly Father. And we ask for strength for each and every person who is agonizing with that. God, we pray for strength for each and every person who's having a difficulty of letting go of some things. We just, we ask you to help them right now in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that if there's anyone here, or watching who has not surrendered their lives completely to you, that they would do that right now. That they would have that conversation with you to say, Heavenly Father, I surrender. I surrender. I give you all of me. Break me. Make me holy. I pray that of each and every person here today, God, that you would break us and that you would make us holy. God, that you would change us, direct us, help us, keep us. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your goodness. You are great. And we want to we follow you. Heavenly Father, we understand that you are the way to heaven. You are the way, the truth, and the life. We understand that no one can come to you except through Jesus. So we just want to surrender to him today. Thank
4: you, Jesus.
0: Thank you, Jesus. We surrender to you now. We surrender to you now, God. We surrender to you now, God. Whatever it is, speak into our hearts. We thank you. We praise you. We lift you up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Do a work in our hearts, God. Plant the seed within us that this would grow, that this would be watered throughout the rest of this week. That what you're speaking to us now, that it wouldn't be, that this would not be the end of your speaking, but that you would continue to through the week. Just deal with our hearts. Deal with our hearts,
4: God. Thank you, Jesus.
0: We pray. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Speak to our heart. Holy Spirit, speak to our heart. Now we say over your people, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and may he give you his peace. In Jesus' precious name, amen.